sits down with former Badgers to break down the season. Whether it's on defense or offense, we got to put it to the team immediately. Talk about that. That's the hardest thing to pick up. I would like to see our corners play a little more aggressive. Now, I think that's when our run game started get going. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. Now, here's your host, Zach Heilfrin, on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable here on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I'm Zach Heilprin. We are live at Coaches Club in Cross Plains, just off, well, on Main Street in Cross Plains. Going to be here from 5 until 6, so stop on out. I'm joined by former Badgers Brady Ewing, Bill Nagy, and Mike Taylor, and it is a big game week. Obviously, I didn't have a game last week. They got an extra week to prepare for Michigan as the 13th, or I should say the 11th ranked Wolverines come into Madison and face 13th ranked Wisconsin. Both teams 2-0. and One team has looked much better than the other team through the first two weeks. That would be Wisconsin. They've outscored their opponents 110 to nothing. Michigan needed overtime to beat Army. Expectations, I mean, coming into this one, uh, are we expecting a tight game, Mike? Are you expecting a, t- a tight game, or is, this, uh, are we, is Wisconsin going to prove what we've seen the first two weeks is actually who they are? You know, after watching the first two games, I think the my initial thought would be, you know what, I've watched both Michigan and Wisconsin. Obviously, Wisconsin, like you said, has played a pretty good two weeks. As the normal basic Badgers fan, I would expect Wisconsin to win by at least, you know, 14, 15. But obviously, they're Michigan. They've got a good squad. <laughs> they're nothing to laugh. Like you said, they almost went down to Army two weeks ago. Um, I'm thinking they bounce back. They come back ready to play. It's a Big Ten game. But like I said, I think, I think if you're a typical Badgers fan out there, you're probably expecting the Badgers to win by double digits. If they don't, I think you just but have to expect that ten point win. To to think that you can, Wisconsin, who is who is favored in this game, they weren't before the year. You could get Michigan. I mean, Michigan was favored by six uh, before the season coming in. So I mean, that essentially nine points in a neutral site. Now Wisconsin favored by three and a half um, at home. So I guess it essentially be a, a toss up at a neutral site. But you know. Everyone is wondering if this is the true Wisconsin. Chris Orr was asked this this week if, um, you know, he, he was asked if he wondered how good this team really was. And he had a heck of a, a comeback. He said, no, I have no, I don't wonder whatsoever how good we are. I know exactly how good we are. I just want to go, I want everybody else to uh, see how good we are. And we get to go out an opportunity and show everybody how good we are. Yeah, I mean. Brady? Yeah, I think it'll be a close game personally. You know, anytime a team like Michigan and Wisconsin gets together, um, you know, two historic teams that have a lot of history. I think it'll be a great battle. Have we maybe showed better in the first couple games? Absolutely. Um, but it, I think this will be a good test, and and uh, excited to see it. Bill, do you wonder how good they are? Do you still have a? Do you still wonder how good this Wisconsin team actually is? So my take is with Chris Orr's comments is you just have to prove yourself every week, and that's what it comes down to. Is they've had two really good weeks. Um, this week, coming to the Michigan game, there's going to be a lot of similar personnel matchups. There's going to be the 21, 12, 11. Last week, I don't think was, or two weeks ago, I don't think was a good indication when you start looking at the Michigan game versus Army. Um, so this week, I I just feel like it's going to be two powerhouses teeing off, going against, lining up against one another. Two well-coached programs. Um, Harbaugh is going to have... His team fired up, ready to rock, um, and as will Wisconsin. So I think it'll be a really good matchup. I think three and a half is dead on for a spread. 
Um, I really do think this is going to come down to, to turnovers and just who shows up and makes the big plays. Um, I, I Honestly, I, I do believe that, and especially when you start looking at the Army game with the triple option, it's very, very hard to judge a performance off of that because that's not something that you rep on an annual basis. That's just a, a week-to-week type deal. If... Uh Say it's a close game, Wisconsin, whether Wisconsin wins, Michigan wins, one or two, three points, four points. I mean, I know it's a win over Michigan if, if we can get it, but, I mean, based off those two first games, let's look, take a look at, you know, Michigan's quarterback. I know you played Army. You don't always see it, but the athletes are just not what they are on Michigan, you know. How can they stop Michigan's offense like they did? How can the quarterback, Shea Patterson, fumble, what, four or five times in the first two games? They yeah. don't look good. No. And so if, let's say Wisconsin wins by a point. Great. It's an awesome victory. But does it really mean anything? I mean, I well, know it's Michigan, right? Well, it is. That's what we that, saw. It's Michigan. Was that Army beating Michigan or was that Michigan beating Michigan? Well, in, in, that's in, the thing. Yeah, I mean, in terms of Shea Patterson not being able to hold on to the ball, in the pocket, I mean, Michigan's offense line, which returned so many, I think just returned four starters from last year. Now, one was not playing, and it was a pretty big one in John Runyon Jr., who's the left tackle. Is he going to be back this week? He is. So he's, so he's back, which is huge for their pass protection and that type of stuff. But the, the issues, and you mentioned the Army and you know, the triple option, that Michigan defense didn't have a ton of issues there. You know what I mean? Like they, they have played pretty well these first two weeks. It's been that offense that's just been horrid, and they have the new offense coordinator and Josh Gaddis who came in and I was talking to one of the Michigan guys this week and he was talking about they heard all this spread and they're going to spread people out and put people in space and it's going to be all this great looking stuff and it has not looked good whatsoever and um, you know I don't know how I mean for you offensive guys how long does it take to get up to speed because there are there are some first year offense coordinators are doing quite well and then we see with Michigan it has not looked good at all. I personally think the foundation is built with Michigan running a pro-style offense For sure. with Harbaugh and some of the returners that they have. And you talk about the returners on the offensive line. I don't think over a bye week, if they wanted to start implementing some type of different scheme and they're going to start running the ball and running different personnel groups, I don't think they're going to have any type of issue adjusting to that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what their game plan is. Um you saw with the Army game just being able to control the clock yeah. and Army being able to keep Michigan's defense on the field and Michigan's offense not being able to do anything. I, I think it's going to be just a huge deal, the first and second downs, being able to, to get those positive yards, to control the clock, keep the defenses fresh, because it's, it's going to be a four-quarter game, bottom line. Yeah, but I think, too, coming out and setting the tone from the get-go, you know, maybe they... You know, they've had a bye week. They've worked on some of the things throughout the, the week that that they've uh, addressed throughout the beginning of the season. But coming out and setting the tone and having them, you know, back on their heels and almost thinking back to, uh, you know, some of the stuff that has gone on the last two weeks. Some of the some of those negative things. So I'm excited to see. Hopefully, we can come out and jump on it early. Almost like, you know, Ohio State with all the hype leading into was it 2010 when they were number one and just setting the tone and uh, what happened in that one? Just rolling with that one. So you're, so you're calling for what, what happened in that game? Brady was pancake, pancaking people on <laughs> the was. opening kickoff. In terms of. <laughs> yeah, the kicker. Yeah, hey, <laughs> just don't he tell was, anybody. Was he in the way? He was. He yeah. was in the way. He was All right, slow so him down. David, so. without without that, David Gilreath does not return that opening kickoff. Yeah, you guys jumped out. What was it? Twenty-one to three. You know, 
jumped right on them. And it was similar to Central. I mean, the Central Michigan game was was over. I know it's a different opponent, but it's it yeah. was over almost right away. Uh, and you need those big type of plays and um, against South Florida as well. It, you got the opening drive touchdown. You, you kind of had a little bit of a murkiness, and then all of a sudden you get the defensive touchdown, and and you're on on your way to another blowout. Like if you could, if you can jump on them early and put pressure on them early, that would be obviously key. Right, and and with a team that's you know seemingly on the rocks a little bit after last week, was it you know mental errors? You know we could all debate about what what exactly it was. Was it Army? Um, but I just think if you can come out set the tone early, that's going to pave the way to. Uh, guys continuing to ride high and and uh michigan vice versa yeah going back to what mike was talking about what this win would mean i mean i, I feel like you're you don't think it would mean that much if it's not a, a double digit win i mean after what happened with wisconsin last year how disappointing 2018 was you go eight and five and after starting year in the top five just to beat a michigan team that is ranked 11th in the country no matter by how many points that would seem like a pretty big win yeah, like I said, a win versus Michigan is always good. I just think after watching the first two games on both parts, we don't find anything out about Wisconsin if it's a one-point game. If it's a two-point game, I think we're expected to win. You know, Our offense looks great. Our defense looks great. Now, if we come out and it's a close game, 17-17, it's like, well, how good is Michigan? How good are we now? Michigan hasn't looked very good. If we win by 10, 14 points, like, okay, I think we can start to think now we might actually be you know, better than we initially thought we were. Okay. Billy, do you think this? Do you feel the same way, or is it a win? A win's a win, and it's and it's great, and it's great no matter what, and it means a lot no matter what. I think it means a lot no matter what. You got to appreciate the wins, especially when you start getting into Big Ten games uh, versus a ranked opponent. Um, you just got to continue to get better every week. And here's the deal: you could talk hypothetically about, well, how good is Central Michigan? How good is South Florida? How good is Army? It doesn't matter. You got to show up. You put in the game plan. You put in the work. You're playing a ranked opponent at home. That's a big win. Doesn't matter. Um, and there's a lot of you know newcomers and new positions and young guys who are, are starting to to come together and cones coming together and Cephas and offense is getting rolling and you know running the ball well. Just keeping that going and continuing to grow each week. So you got to take a win yeah i think that's a big deal regardless i don't just go ahead i was just gonna say if we win by one point though do we really figure anything out like i said a win is a win that's, that's awesome that's a good a point loss. that's a good point but if we I, win by one do yeah. we figure anything out about wisconsin i think you do i think you do absolutely yeah. especially with the start of the season you know blowing people out scoring outscoring them 110 to zero if you can come out against a big 10 opponent 11 o'clock game and win a close game I think you figure out a ton that these guys can not only beat, you know, potentially inferior opponents by a lot, you know, when things are clicking, but if they have to grind one out and uh, the chips are down a little bit, because every Big Ten game at some point along the line, you're going to be challenged or something bad's going to happen, you know, whether you're going to be faced with adversity, right? Coach Chris always used to say that. So Michigan's ranked 11 right now. They are. Why are they still ranked 11? That's a good question. Well, because they started at (laughs) 6, right? I mean, if you start at 6... And you don't look very good. You're not going to fall too far. What uh, is that good to beat the 11th ranked team in the country? Of course it is, but it is right. Yeah, I think so. But think about, I mean, think about Michigan State in 2016, or even LSU that year. They were fifth in the country when Wisconsin beat them in that opening game. LSU sucked that year. They they went on and they didn't do anything for the rest of the year. Michigan State finished under 500, but both those games counted as top 25 wins because they were top 25 opponents when Wisconsin beat them. Absolutely. So, right. 
and I don't think you can control. I mean, at this point in the season, they're ranked 11th. I think it'd be a good win. Number 11th team going against the number 13th team to get a W. Florida State but, was ranked, I think, to begin the year, right? <laughs> they're not very good. I just Here's the take. Jim Harbaugh's seat's never been hotter since he's been at Michigan. They're coming off a bye week. They are going to do everything possible to prepare for this game. I think the Army game shocked them. I think they were not prepared. Um, I don't want to say they were looking ahead to a bye week in the Big Ten season, but I don't think that was a reflection of that team's talent. Well, and such a different opponent than than 100%. they've traditionally seen all throughout camp and, and in preparation. Yeah, they, they probably crammed for it that week, but, uh, yeah, I would say it's somewhat of an anomaly, anomaly personally. I remember uh, Barry Alvarez would always talk about facing triple option teams like it's the toughest because you don't face it ever. You never face it. You can practice against all you want, but they do it so much better than anybody else. But, again, I don't think that was the issue for, for Michigan. It was on the offensive side. They just have not looked very good. But we'll, uh, we'll talk about a little bit uh, more about that and, uh, and hit on some, uh, as you mentioned, Jack Cohn, Quintez Hebus, and some other topics on the other side. You're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. I'm Zach Heilprin. We're live at Coaches Club on In Cross Plains, right on Main Street. We're here until 6, but uh, you can stop in anytime. Great drinks, great food, a bunch of TVs to watch any games that you want. I'm with former Badgers Brady Ewing, Bill Nagy, and Mike Taylor. Getting ready for the Michigan game coming up on Saturday at Camp Randall Stadium. And I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but Wisconsin's calling for Camp Randall to be striped out. So that is every other section red white red white red white the student section all white um what do players think about these kind of things i've seen the players on social media like promoting it and doing the the good deed of doing that type of stuff but i'm just wondering is it a gimmick i mean what or what kind of what do you, are these gimmicks do you, are they cool stupid what do you think mike truly i don't care you know, i don't care <laughs> and i don't want you know if if I find out, I could see that in his face through even the before, grapevine. Even before I ask, I'm like, oh my goodness. saying it like, oh, by the way, we're doing a, a candy cane whiteout in the stadium. It's like, <laughs> I don't even want to know about it. Who's ever telling me? Like, why do I care? Right. Uh, you know, I'm not focused on taking a look at when I walk out there. Oh, wow, look at all the color. Like, who gives a yeah. whatever? You know, uh-huh. we're here to play football. We're hyping up such a big game. Yeah. And then here we are with, you know, red whites throughout the stadium. It's like, well, come on, we're trying to be serious here. And we're kind of silly in the crowd. Let's just focus on the game. I don't want to know about it. If I walk out to the field, surprise, like, oh, that's cool. But, like, I don't care. <laughs> I could tell as soon as I, I was, like, as soon as I was asking him, like, he's going to say I don't care. Bill, I'm, I'm guessing you're not a big fan. Don't really care. Don't really care, yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think a priority would be just student section show Actually, up on time. Get there. Um, but those guys have fun, and when they show up, it's all good. But, um, yeah, I, I don't think that changes a thing regarding what happens on the field right you appreciate the fans and everything that they bring but at the same time it's not going to dictate anything that actually happens did it it upset you guys though i mean maybe it wasn't the case all the way back then though i think it it was maybe not as bad as it is now but the students not showing up on time 
Because, I mean, it, it is a difference with them. In the, if it's full and it's loud, it's different at the beginning of a game than it is them showing up halfway through the second quarter. And I know this is such the old man thing to sit here and complain about, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm just wondering if the players, Brady, did it bother you guys that they couldn't get there, there on time? Honestly, I never really noticed it. Of course. Yeah. Uh, no, you guys yeah, no, you guys are all all business. Yeah, that's all we worried about. You yeah. Know, just yeah. It's hard for me to lines. show up on time now when I go to <laughs> games, so I'm not blaming anybody. But I, 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 mean, I think it speaks to some of those night games and stuff too. There there is a yeah. different energy and a buzz around it. Those are typically the bigger games when they're showing up more on time. Right. Um, like it was like cool. a huge it was like a huge story when the when the Nebraska game in two thousand eleven, oh my gosh, the student sections full before kickoff like oh my or the ohio state game like oh my gosh they're all here like it's a story when they actually show up yeah and and you know speaking about the the stripe out or whatever they're calling it if it's a cool way to get the fans engaged and hopefully they're a little bit earlier i think it's it's awesome you know get a get the hype going for this 11 o'clock game but um, i was just gonna say i think as a player it was always cool to like see a full student section to feel that respect like oh you know the students actually care about the team they come out support you like Brady said I mean we don't really care we're not necessarily playing for the students nor the crowd I mean obviously it's cool to you know feel the cheers and see the student section and you know get loud and jump around and that stuff but I don't think it affects you know the game sure. tremendously I'm, I'll just say it's it's cool to feel the respect to feel you know the eyes on you when you do walk out there but when you're playing in between the lines you don't notice much you don't hear anything in the crowd like that so if you're not, I'm not saying you ever were playing for them. Who are you playing for? If you're not playing for the fans, you're not playing for the school, you're not playing for, who are you playing for? I mean, you're playing for your guys, right? You're playing yeah. for your team. I mean, in a way, you're playing for your state. You know, when I was growing up in Wisconsin, I say this a lot, like, it was a dream come true to, to throw on the Badger jersey and get out there. And ever since you grew up, seeing Ron Dane run around and, you know, all the old guys and linebackers and quarterbacks and go from nothing to something and... That's just like what you wanted to do when you grew up is you wanted to be a Badger in some way on the football field and, you know, to make that dream realize, I think that's kind of what it is to live that out and play for your, your teammates, play for the state, you know, get some respect as a Wisconsin football player and, you know, guys that are overlooked for big-time programs is to, you know, what us Wisconsin guys or us guys that aren't recruited high is we can play football just as well as the other, guy, the other teams in the country, I think, so... Bill, I mean, you you were not from Wisconsin. Obviously, Brady was. You're not from Wisconsin. So what were you, what was your, when you were coming here, what were you playing for? Same thing, essentially? You know, I think you play for your teammates. Yeah. And I think looking back, that's what you miss the most is just the team camaraderie, um, playing for the guy next to you, um, something bigger than yourself. Uh, you play for respect. There's all the others. And all the other stuff comes very secondary. But for me personally, and I can speak to that, just um, – not letting the guy next to you down playing for your teammate and it sounds corny but that's the truth yeah and i think it transitions over time like you said mike you know you at least for me and being an in-state guy it's um you know it grows on you this the state of wisconsin the badger program um it was something i always wanted to be a part of and then as you get there and you get to know the team the culture the program's history and everything that continues to morph into playing for the guy next to you like bill said uh, transitioning into uh, the game a little bit, uh, Jack Cohn was fantastic against Central Michigan. He had 383 yards, uh, three touchdowns. Those two deep balls to Quintez Sevis were fantastic, as were the catches, especially the second one by Quintez. 
What are your expectations for Jack going into this game? Um, you know, is there confidence in any of you guys that he's going to be able to maybe not obviously do what he did that day, of course, but play at a high enough level to keep the offense moving and, and you know, be as accurate as he was that day uh, against a tougher front and a tougher defense? Bill or is it Brady? Go ahead. Yeah, just excited to see how he, he arises to the challenge. I think um, he's shown some great stuff, had some some great completions, been pretty consistent. Um, but as we talked earlier, you just got to do that on a consistent basis week after week and be reliable. I think you're, um, you know, they talk about the NFL being not for long, and it's it's really you have a short memory, and, and he's going to be judged on this performance and moving forward. And I think um, – but with what he's shown, I'm excited to see what that's going to be. We haven't we haven't seen a stressed Jack Cohen yet, right? How is he going to respond or react right. under under pressure? Maybe being down three or being down seven, third quarter, fourth quarter, you know, third and long, big play. We haven't seen that. We haven't seen him have to be, you know, the leader or the accurate quarterback that we might need him to be on Saturday versus a Michigan team. So, I think a lot can be learned from this game for Jack Cohen. Um, I know we talked a little bit about Cephas. I think Cephas is quite the athlete. I mean, <laughs> he's been amazing. He's one of our – I know, you know, Jonathan Taylor is really, really good and really athletic, but Cephas, I think, is just as athletic, if not more. I mean, that guy can move, he can catch, he can jump. I think he's going to be one of, you know, Cones, you know, rely heavy on him, throw him the ball. I mean, he's, it seems like he's going to be a real player. How – he made it look very, very easy. How difficult is that catch that he made over his shoulder – Finding the ball, make. I mean, how how difficult is that for an offensive guy or even for a defensive guy? How, and Bill, obviously you've never done yeah, that in your I, life. I wouldn't but, know. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like, but like I saw I saw them doing that before the game, and uh, Ted Gilmore was doing that for all the wide receivers. But to do it in practice and then to do it in a game, to be able to find that in a game situation, for a guy who's played had played one game or you know a game and a half in almost two years, that's just insane to me. He made this look so easy. He's such a natural athlete. And that's something that he's been doing forever, and I know they rep it in practice. And um, it's just it's the confidence, and he truly is um, such a good athlete and so gifted. And some of those throws that you know Jack made, obviously they were great. But um, and this is more of a question, an example of a throw that Jack really had to throw in there on a, a third down, a fourth down conversion where it was really. I feel like a lot of the completions are very, very wide open type passes. Um, you think so? I, th- I thought there were a couple slants that were there were some tight coverage, but the deep throws, yes. The deep throws is more the example I'm yeah, talking sure. about. The slants are slants. I, I feel like anybody could throw those. Those okay. three step slant. Gotta have the arm strength though, right? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I think there's a guy I that could was, make that throw. No. Okay. <laughs> just, uh, just, I think there's a guy who was playing, had played quarterback. You know that maybe. Couldn't always make those throws. There's maybe some. He might have may have thrown lefty. I don't know. Sometimes um, I, I'm not sure he could necessarily make. He make sometimes. He could make it sometimes. Not all the time. Yeah, that's the thing. It's a it's a going back to what we were kind of saying. This is the first real test, right? We're gonna find out who I think Jack what what Jack Cohen is capable on Saturday. Yeah, he's gonna be be put in tough spots. Pocket breaks down, moving around, finding the open receiver that might be covered. You got to put that all stuff together. It's awesome when you're playing a team, you know, you're up, you know, 33 to zero, and no one's getting a pass rusher on you, and everyone's open. Like that's easy. You can yeah. do it with your eyes shut. Right. So 
Yeah, that pass rush is going to be real, too. That's a different deal. And I was going to ask you about that because I think Central Michigan and even and South Florida, I thought they did at times give the guys inside, the two guards, some trouble. And I thought there were t- and Jack got hit on the first throw to Cephas, the first touchdown throw, he got hit. That's going to be the difference is the depth of pocket. Yeah. So there's going to be speed on the outside, but there's also going to be the pressure coming on the inside. I think that's going to be a big impact this week. Yeah. Um, I feel like the South Florida game, there was more pressure on the outside, so he was able to step up somewhat. Last week, I felt like there was a little bit more pressure up front mm-hmm. on the inside. And with a Michigan team, with a Michigan pass rush, I feel like that's going to be impacted both ways. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be a great test. And we're talking about Jack right now and being able to make throws. And I, I, it's up for debate, right? We'll it see. What, we'll see what happens. But there's a lot of guys around him that, that have to do their job for him to even make those throws. Right. So that's yeah. that's another test too. Good point. Yeah. No, I definitely think the pressure is on that offensive line to to step up. Uh, we'll uh, we'll hit on a little bit more of the game coming up in a little bit. Uh, we're going to take a break. We are live at Coaches Club for the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. We're live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains on Main Street. Joined by former Badgers Mike Taylor, Bill Nagy, and Brady Ewing. We're getting ready for Wisconsin and Michigan coming up on Saturday at 11 a.m. All right, so Michigan isn't really a rival for Wisconsin. I mean, they don't play enough, to, especially with the the expansion. You don't. I mean, they went from 2009 to 2017 without playing at Wisconsin. Uh, they only played at Michigan once, I think, at that or twice in that in that same set in that same stretch. But um, I've talked to some former players. I won't. Well, I'll name one of them. Uh, Matt Bernstein hated hated Michigan, and I couldn't really. I didn't really understand why. But where does uh, where does Michigan rank on a dislike for you guys? Is it? I'm, I'm guessing it's not on the level of Iowa and Minnesota and Nebraska, and maybe and not even Nebraska for Bill, who wasn't. You know, your senior year, they weren't in the Big Ten yet, but. Where does it rank? Are they up there? Mike? Um, you know, Michigan the last few years at least hasn't been, you know, what usually Michigan is, right? So it's tough to kind of make a rival out of a, a, a team that's hasn't been super, super competitive as they should be. Well, they weren't really good when you were in school either. Right, right, exactly. And I think I played them one time when they had Denar Robinson, and we beat them, and it was at Michigan. Yep, 2010, I believe. And there's a lot of hype. You know, behind the Michigan program and all that, and when they're not just not good, you don't feel it. You play at Michigan, yeah. There's a hundred thousand people there, but the stadium's kind of flat. It's you know, it's not very tall. It's kind of wide and spread out, so you don't really get that feeling as like an Iowa team that's up on you. The fans are yelling at you, and right. I mean, you got you got to be competitive to really have a, a rivalry going, and you got to play somewhat often every year, yeah. every you know two or three years to kind of really get something going. Because if you're yeah. playing every four years. You play against the same, you know, guy or kid team yeah. once every four years. There's nothing really to get going off of. Right. I think I think Bernie's thing. He was an East Coast guy, so he ran into a lot of Michigan grads, and they think they're like the greatest thing ever. And obviously, you guys are all Midwestern. <laughs> you don't run into that nearly as much. But for you, Brady, is, it was Michigan a big deal when you got to play them? I mean, I think the biggest thing for me when you run out on the field the first time and you see those wings, you know, a team that has a lot of history. I think 
I thought it was pretty cool. Is it a rival for Wisconsin? I, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe fourth or fifth down the list behind, you know, Michigan State, Minnesota, Iowa, Ohio State, maybe. Um, yeah, that's kind of my take. So, so, what is it? so who is at the top of your list? Is it Minnesota? Is it Iowa? I mean, you got everyone here beat Minnesota every single time they played, so it was kind of that was that that feels like maybe not as big of a rival as maybe Iowa, where there was a little bit more competition there. Well, sometimes I feel like that weighs even more on you, so I could okay that take on sure. it. Sure, is just that if you were to lose the X, which we did last year, letting those guys before you down weighs on you even more. Even though there isn't that, hey, going back and forth, there's a rivalry here, whatever, whatever it is. It's more a responsibility sure. um, to hold your end of the bargain up. So I feel like that rivalry, even though it wasn't as competitive when we were all playing, it still was at the top of the list. Um, but then you throw in Ohio State and Iowa and um, all the other you know big dog games that you talk about, but there's the tradition with Michigan too. I mean, you, just, you can't debate that. I think they're the winningest program in – college football history that's it's special regardless but as brady said i don't think it is you know one two or three right from a rivalry standpoint at all there's nothing more nothing i like more than playing minnesota in a football game whether they're good or bad because i mean you can go back and forth you know we're, we're recruiting the same kids right the gophers want wisconsin kids and we want the minnesota kids and you know we have tons of minnesota kids in our team and probably not so many wisconsin kids on minnesota team so you know, I think anytime you can come out and play Minnesota, whether it's you know good squad or not, that's the one school, that's the one game, the one team that you just you want to win and you want to just beat the living you know, <clears throat> cat out of them <laughs> and have the most fun doing. It. I mean, you got you, we had a streak of what 12, 13, 14 games, fourteen, and that's probably the one game I tune into the most. Whether you know they're three and eight or whatever, that's the one game I'm watching to just make sure our team, our squad, our badges are taking care of business like they're supposed to be doing. Like we said, those kids after us, they've watched what we do. We know, I think we won like the 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th game. We're well aware of the streak. Yeah. And to be able to let a team come into your your stadium, take the axe with all the history behind it, it's like that's probably the biggest no-no as a Badger you know, fan, football player, coach. That's the one thing you don't let happen. I mean, they even stopped the Minnesota team from coming over taking the axe because it's, it gets so heated. Yeah. And that's the one thing. Obviously, we've, we've been winning all the games. But if I could, I would love to be able to run over Minnesota sideline, steal the axe, <laughs> hold it up to the crowd and say, ha-ha, right? And, right. and take it back home. But, <laughs> well, yeah. And that, and that, I mean, at 2013, there was a near fight up in Minneapolis uh, because the Govers were singing their fight song and... Wisconsin wanted it. They wanted to chop. They chopped them down on one end, and they wanted to come down and chop them down on the other. And Minnesota was like, "No, you're not going to chop them down." Like, you haven't won a game in 11 years, but this is what you're going to get upset about. That's a rivalry right there. Right? Yeah. No, it is. Um, but going back to Bill's comment about them being disappointed, like disappointed in letting everybody else down, that was the feeling that I got after that game last year. Uh, T.J. Edwards sitting there, you know, yeah, it's dis- disappointing, but it's more disappointing because kind of. In- it's not even embarrassing. It's disappointing because we let guys down that came before us. Everybody else. A, a game is a game. Like, you show up, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, you're going to compete. Um, and the frustrating part for me, and I wasn't there, I wasn't preparing for the game, I wasn't on the field. Um, as a spectator, but somebody been close to the program, it was frustrating to watch because I truly felt like that wasn't the best effort and the best foot forward that 
the program would put. That's what was frustrating about it. If they were better and they were better that day and things didn't go our way, um, the best man wins, and that's a rivalry. And, you know, that's what it's about. But last year that, that was the frustrating piece. Yeah. I felt like they let people down, 100%. Brady, what's your uh, favorite, I guess, Minnesota memory now that we're talking about it? Do you have a favorite Minnesota memory that, uh, that pops up? And we'll talk about it again here at the end of the year. Well, actually, we won't because we won't have a show lead into that week. So we'll get these out here now. Favorite memories, just the you know the preparation with the teams that you're doing it with. I think the big you know walking off the field every day, touching the axe, and then you know waiting to your chance as a senior um, to pick that thing up. You know, run it around the field, celebrate with your teammates. Did you um, chop some goalposts? I didn't actually chop it, but I was right there <laughs> cheering people. I think Mike did. I think I've seen a picture of you yeah. getting after that goalpost. Yeah, yeah. I think, like as a, you know, as a as a Wisconsin kid, as a senior, I didn't chop the goalpost down until senior year. I was like, you know what, this is special when you're a senior. Right. Your last game against the Gophers. This is what you do. You grab the axe. You finally get to chop it down. Let the guys before you have fun with it. Let them do their thing. But when that when that game comes, it's usually the last game of the year, right? Yeah. It's, it's gonna, yep. November. Usually. Yeah. Late November. A perfect cap to the season if you can win that game. Have fun. Run around. You know. Interact with the family. Interact with your crowd. Chop the goalpost down. Um, yeah, that's usually how it goes. Usually, <laughs> it had for 14 straight years. It had gone exactly like that with Wisconsin. I, I mean, I still remember the last time Wisconsin did storm. It was 2004 at Camp Randall. Scott Starks was the first one over there, and you, yeah, it's it's special and it's something that I think fans and obviously players uh, remember. And Wisconsin will have that opportunity coming up this year at TCF Bank Stadium later this season. Speaking of teams that have not looked good. The first three weeks of the year, Minnesota, and they've barely gotten by the first uh, three games. So we'll see what happens uh, come November. Uh, we'll uh, have one more uh, segment coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable live from Coaches Club in Cross Plains. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This is the Wisconsin Football Roundtable with Zach Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Yes, welcome back into the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. We're live at Coaches Club in Cross Plains, right on Main Street. Joined by former Badgers Bill Nagy, Brady Ewing, and Mike Taylor. Get ready for the Michigan game coming up on Saturday. Uh, at Camp Randall Stadium. It's the first time, or I should say, Wisconsin has not lost to Michigan at Camp Randall since 2001. It's been a while. They've only played like three times, but it's been a while. Uh, so they'll, they'll try and keep that going on Saturday. I uh, wanted to ask you guys a little about, uh, about a story that, that came out this week. Uh, Jesse Temple from The Athletic, uh, he wrote a, a really good article about where the team stays before the night before games here in Madison. Uh, they stay at the Best Western in-towner, um, so I'm sure you guys have spent a lot of time there uh, night before games. Just first of all, how does that compare to where you guys stay in the roads? I'm assuming the places you stay, and this is no knock against the in-towner, I'm assuming the, the places you stay in the road a little bit nicer, a little bit higher uh, higher class than the than the in-towner? I think it was... Uh, or is it? Or are they about ways. the same? I mean, sometimes there's, you stay in really nice spots and other places. Well, I heard Penn State's really bad. I never played yeah, there. Yeah, so I, I think it's just the known. Okay. Right? Yeah, the in towner was home away from home. I, I, I didn't mean to insult. Which, I didn't yeah. mean to insult the in towner. That was really bad. No, of me. I apologize. When, but, when you uh, go, yeah, when you go on a road trip, sometimes it's 
it's the uncertainty. You don't know what the hotel is going to be. Yeah. Like you don't know where you're going to be. You don't know where the bus is going to take you. And um, every time you get on the bus and it's a home game and you head to the in towner, there's that sense of comfort. Sure. Um, that's what I remember from it. I heard. I heard that there's uh, some food that everyone really enjoys. There, the chowder. Is that is that is that, is that accurate, Bill? I heard the offensive linemen really enjoy the chowder. Yeah, the chowder. That's a staple. <laughs> And some of the younger guys that um, kind of a long shot that they're they're going to play, compete, see how many bowls of chowder they could put down. <laughs> I think Freddie holds the record. Travis Frederick still holds the record. How many? I think he threw like seven or eight bowls of chowder oh my down. Gosh. I mean, people love the – I mean, I love the chowder. And even after I got <laughs> done coaching, um, I had a – assistant strength coach that would bring me chowder on like the first home game for a couple years there um but i've heard people even going as far and i never did this but putting chowder on their pasta you know you got a, a pasta yeah. bar and you can have the marinara the alfredo sauce and you got the veggies that they can put in there and uh i think jared eberderis told me that he and a couple other guys were doing that best chowder in town best chowder in town i never Mike. i never uh i don't think i ever had the chowder once at what? the encounter I what? think it's more like an offensive, offensive thing. I was more mind. sweet potato fries loaded up, chicken, a lot of steak, pasta bar, some salad, oatmeal in the morning. Loved French. I'm a big pancakes guy. Yeah. Pancakes and French toast. <laughs> um, maybe a banana just to get the pota- potassium in. But, sure. Yeah. Um, once October comes around, you guys fans of a uh, gold rush at all? <laughs> what it. is that? It's a show on Discovery. Gold oh, yeah, rush. yeah. Okay, okay. I think it starts in uh, October, but... I had a, a roommate, Ethan Armstrong, for, sure. I think, three years, and that was one of the things that we always did was, you know, I think it's, the show starts at 8. Yeah. Here's a, a plug for Discovery. And, you know, <laughs> you get your snack after dinner, you get back to the stadium, you look over your playbook and your plays, and you, you get comfortable, you get in your PJs, and you just get pumped up for <laughs> You get pumped up for Gold Rush. That's just what you do. Yeah. That's what, it's football season when Gold Rush is on TV. That's, it, that's what I did. That's what you did. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'll give you one. So, uh... Bill Ratmeister and I, my, this would be my freshman year. And actually, the, the food at dinner transformed a lot from my freshman year where you'd have, you know, more fatty steaks and fried fish and all this stuff to more, you know, it transformed a lot into my senior year to, you know, you're getting the filet mignon and um, you know, the baked fish and all that stuff. So probably a good idea. But right um, in my freshman year, you know, Bill Ratmeister and I would always be hanging out with Chris Presley. Um as well and we would watch hunting shows after dinner and chris would always make the comments like why why are you guys watching this like you guys know the outcome like i just don't get it you know and bill being being from beaver dam and you know chris being from uh the east coast as well just uh those are the good memories and those for me anyway that's what the stuff that hangs with you bill uh, me, yeah what what uh so anything, any, did you the late your roommate? snack the late the late oh my my roommate was john moffitt okay the whole so, time um, yeah we yeah. Before, so, after, I, so was he crazy still back then, or was he? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I can confirm that. Okay, sure. all right. But there was a, a late night snack. I think what time did it start? It was like nine p.m. to ten thirty or so. Get that cookie. That's that's Sunday? what I'm talking about. The in towner cookie. Okay. So the chowder, everybody talks, but the cookies were equally as good. <laughs> the ice cream, right? Yeah, and so there was one microwave. I'll never forget this story. So. There was always a, an exact science to how many seconds you heat up the cookie for. Exact for to, science. For it to melt into the bowl, the bottom of the bowl, so you get the base, you throw the ice cream on top of it. And uh, 
I still remember being like, I think that's about uh that's like a 13 second cookie or so. <laughs> <laughs> but we were sitting there one time, and Coach Bostad, he was the old line coach at the time. Yep. So he's like, oh, everybody's throwing the you know the the cookie at the bottom of the bowl. Um, he, he tossed it in, and this dude must have put it in for like two minutes or something because he almost started a fire. <laughs> he he cooked the whole place yeah, out. Yeah, he cooked the he nuked this cookie for like two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, what is that? It was an old and he's school rushing mic- over there. Oh, it was the best. Old man. school microwave. I don't even think it had a turntable or anything yeah. in it. You know. Yeah, you get yourself a PB and J, a few cookies, some ice cream, and you're ready to rock. Some baked ruffles. Yeah. Some red hot chocolate milk. Yeah. Chocolate milk. <laughs> All right. So, but, uh, on the road, was there a place that that uh, anything sticks out that, that was horrible or great? You know, honestly, I don't really remember. Road, road hotels, road yeah. hotels. I remember stadiums. I heard Penn State was. I heard the Penn State hotel was weird. Like there was like snow blowing in from like underneath the doors. Maybe maybe it wasn't those. Maybe maybe the people maybe the people that were talking to me had worse rooms than you did. I don't know. Uh, but it was because that it snowed that your senior year, that 2012. Yep. yep. Yeah, I don't. don't I wish I could tell you more about Penn State's yeah. hotel. Yeah. I can no? tell you about it was, Iowa's. Yeah. You know, pink locker room. I can tell you about. Yeah. You know the Rose Bowl. You sure. know, well, hey. gift package we got. Uh, do you still have any of that stuff? I do. You know, those backpacks. I have, they give it a lot of nice backpacks and watches. And you went there three straight years. Did you get different places. stuff every year or no? Um, or is yeah. it pretty much the same stuff I'm every year? I think uh, a chair, right? I think I got a chair at one of them. Couldn't you choose what you wanted? You could choose what you wanted. They give you um, points and you each item a, I know there was a bike you could get. I don't know who's getting a bike <laughs> at, the, at these bowl games. Someone got, got a, a bike. You know, now. somebody got a bike. <laughs> um, yeah, what, so what, okay, bowl gifts are a whole different story, but is there a bowl gift that stands out to you? Anybody here? I mean, I, I got a PlayStation uh, 3, I think, at, you know, at, at one of the bowls. Uh, what's the Citrus Bowl or what was the first bowl against Florida State? Oh, Champ Sports Champs Bowl. Bowl? Champ Sports Bowl, the, yeah, that, that was a fun game. Do you guys remember the leather jackets we got? The one and zero leather jackets. This must have been before your time. So, no, Coach Bielma must have thought that these leather jackets were like the coolest thing in the world, right? And they had they had a W on the back with a one and zero right under it. Yeah. And there were these oversized baggy leather jackets, um, just grease ball looking. <laughs> and he gave and he like you know brought somebody up in the front of the room and he's like, "What do you guys think of these?" And he wanted the reaction like, "Oh, those are so cool!" And everybody's like, "Are you kidding me?" <laughs> Were so, we supposed to wear those with the U2, the Streets Have No Name entrance from way back when as well? Maybe that's the Oh, it was the worst of gift thing. of all time. Way back when. That's still the, it's still the same entrance. Is it really? Song. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The video's changed a little bit, but the, the entrance song's still... I believe, you're on, I believe uh, you're on the entrance video. Yeah, lucky you, right? You'll have to go check out a game At there. some point, you'll have to come back to Camp Riddle and actually uh, see a game in the state. When's the last time you've been to a game? Mike last, Taylor. Last year. Okay. I don't know if everyone knows this, but there's like a, a cool little spot called heritage hall where you can go out, walk in and watch the game without well, having to pay right to be a, i think a letter winner but a lot of you know letter winners and past football players and other sports for sure they like to go to watch the game and it's kind of like a wisconsin you know history or hall of fame for the athletic program so it's pretty yeah, cool that's and that is that's like one of the corner of the end zones right like yep towards yep by like kellner hall or something yeah it's a secret so don't go telling your friends everyone at home <laughs> no everyone everyone's <laughs> gonna show up a ticket to get i was gonna find that one and no jacket and try and walk in there like hey, hey. <laughs> that's all you need that's your ticket <laughs> um all right uh real quickly we'll go around the table brady who you got what do you, what's what do you got this weekend i'm taking wisconsin by seven bill quickly 21 17 wisconsin mike i honestly think wisconsin wins by quite a bit i'm gonna go 
31 to 14. And they will have proven something by doing so. I think if they do that, <laughs> there's some hype. Yeah. All right. Hey, guys, thank you very much. All right. So that is going to do it for this week. Uh, appreciate everybody here at Coaches Club. And we'll be back next week. You've been listening to the Wisconsin Football Roundtable. Wisconsin Football Roundtable on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.